so much on it, but we'll see. But then I looked at chapter 4, which is exceedingly short, so we may try to cover 3 and 4 today. Uh, We should be in, I would say, 5, I would say, next week. Uh, Connor is uh, also going to be teaching some of these chapters in Isaiah, so Connor's going to begin with uh, chapter 6, and then do two more chapters, so Connor's going to do 6, 7, and 8. In one of those weeks, I'll be out of town, so that'll be that'll work out good. And uh, so, anyway, that's uh, that's what we were planning anyway to do. So, more judgment, uh, more warning uh, against Judah, and we're talking about Judah here. Sometimes you'll hear me uh, say Israel, you know, because it just comes out so easily. But technically, we're talking about the kingdom of Judah here the southern kingdom. Also, we're talking about before the Babylonian captivity. So, like Jeremiah, you know, Isaiah, just warning, warning, warning. And, you know, it's coming down, it's going to happen, and and so forth. Uh, So, chapter 3, verse 1. For behold, the Lord God of hosts is taking away from Jerusalem and from Judah support and supply all the support of bread and all the support of water Uh, again we have a multiplication of names of God here like Adonai and Yahweh Sabaoth which is the Lord and and then God of of, or Lord of hosts uh, Sabaoth of hosts you know Lord of hosts so the majesty of God's name here says these things verse 2 and 3 the mighty man and the soldier, the judge and the prophet, the diviner and the elder, the captain of fifty and the man of rank, the counselor and the skillful magician and the expert in charms. I will make boys their princes and infants shall rule over them and the people will oppress one another, everyone his fellow and everyone his neighbor. The youth will be insolent to the elder and the despised to the honorable. So... In preparation for this Babylonian captivity, there's going to be a societal collapse. Uh, in other words, uh, young people won't respect their elders anymore. Huh? Can I get a amen? Uh, uh, I've Katie and I have heard of something I've I've never heard of before uh, of of children or young people renouncing their parents, like verbally. I've never heard of that before. In a letter. Yeah, it's kind of like a divorce. It's like a divorce uh, between between children and parents. I've I've never heard of such a thing before. Nazi children, yeah. Well, they're not, whatever they are. Yeah. So you get this kind of societal, I'm not saying this is that. I'm just saying maybe we can understand what's going on here. So you have a societal collapse. No respect for elders. I mean, that's gone. 
and on and on it goes. Everything is upside down. Everything is upside down. Everything becomes upside down. Well, just another example of one of the things that Al Gore has been doing the last 20 years is telling children they know more than their parents do. Well, yeah, and, 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 and we don't have good leaders anymore. I'm not talking about us, although I am talking about us, but um, here in Judah, in other words, no good government. Uh, this is a judgment from God. All right, a governmental and societal collapse. Verse 6. When a man will take hold of his brother in the house of his father, saying, You have a cloak, you shall be our leader. <laughs> and, this, and this heap of ruins shall be under your rule. Uh, in that day, he will speak out, saying, I will not be a healer. In my house there is neither bread nor cloak, and you shall not make me a leader of the people. Uh, well, uh, again, it's a problem of leadership here, and I think I can identify here. It's not really necessarily so pleasant to be a leader. If uh, There's a certain commitment and giving up of yourself if you want to be in leadership. I, that's not particularly appealing to me, I mean, I must admit. But uh, basically, it, it, it's a societal and governmental collapse. There's no, there's no good, gov- no good, no good leaders anymore. No good governmental leaders. So this is all in preparation here. Yes. And the culture, it's a cultural collapse. That's, that's, that's what it is. Well, and it seems too like you're saying that the, the problems are going to be so profound, no one even wants to address them. Mm. Also. <clears throat> also. Um, all right. Wow. The Republicans have been talking about that for 50, 60 years, and they had a thing. <laughs> All right. Verses 8 and 9. Now we have some work that you can help me with. I have a lot of verses to look up here. So let's read 8 and 9. For Jerusalem has stumbled and Judah has fallen because their speech and their deeds are against the Lord, defying his glorious presence. For the look on their faces bears witness against them. They proclaim their sin like Sodom. They do not hide it. Woe to them, for they have brought evil on themselves. In verse 8, the last line, their deeds are against the Lord, defying his glorious presence. More literally, that should be defying the eyes of his glory. That's the, the literal translation, which is I like a lot better. The King James is to provoke the eyes of his glory. Beautiful. That, that, and that's literally correct. Okay, I like that. The eyes of his glory. Talk about God. Yes, yes. Okay, so what we want to do is a little bit of work work on the word eyes and the word faces. The eyes of God's glory. Talk about God's eyes and their faces, the faces of the people. Although it does mention God's face, I think, in some of these references. So I have so many references here. So I'm just going to give them out, and you're going to help me. We're, and as you read these references, if you would just maybe comment on, on the passage, okay, what are we talking about here? So, Greg, Genesis chapter 6, verse 8. 6 eight. Six, eight. Scott, Genesis 32, verse 10. David, Second Chronicles 16, 9. Connor, Ezra 5, Three through five. Let's see who's here. 
Angela. Angela. <laughs> <laughs> Job 34, 21 through 22. We all have those times when we just... Karen, you have a Bible handy? Uh, Psalm 32, 8 through 10. Okay. Uh, let's see. David, did you have one? Did I give you one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jim? Uh, Psalm 34, 15 through 16. Craig, Proverbs 15, 3. Katie, Revelation chapter 1, verses 12 through 18. We're talking about God's eyes here. This is all for the eyes? Please. This is all for the eyes of God. The eyes have it. The eyes have it. Okay, great. 6-8. Uh, Genesis 6 8, please. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Comment, please. Grace. <laughs> okay. You're saved by grace through faith. All right, I hear it. So, God is looking on Noah with compassion. Favorable. Yeah, I've been taught that grace and mercy contrasted. Grace is a gift. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mercy is the pulling back okay. the punishment Okay. That's good. I like, good. It. I like good. it. I've heard that God gives grace to those who don't need to have, don't know they have a problem. Uh-huh. And He gives mercy to those who do know they have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that talk. And I pondered it, man. Well, thank you. Well, it goes along with common grace, you know. I mean, do you want that? Common grace, you know. Yeah, I think it was a Lutheran preacher that. that spoke about that to me. It rains on the just and the unjust. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> all right, Scott, Genesis 32.10. I am unworthy of all the loving kindness and of all the truth which you have shown to your slave. For with my staff only I crossed this Jordan, and now I have become two champs. Mm. I, I, I must be a, I, I don't get that one. Uh, mm-hmm. uh-uh. That must be a mistake here. Here's the reference again. 32 Tim's, Jacob, yeah, fixing back I, up with Esau. Mm. Genesis 32 Tim. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm off on that uh, one. Maybe it's 30. Oh, I sure did think I, well, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, David, right, Second Chronicles, this, right? This one you're not off. Okay, Second Chronicles 16.9. Okay, go ahead. Uh, it was 33.10. 33.10, you mm-hmm. say? Yeah. Scott, try 33.10. Oh, Take <laughs> You should have known that. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. This is why I'm here. There's the Bible scholar over there. <laughs> this is why I'm here. to say, this doesn't mean she's the better half. Oh, I, I, I would not hesitate to say that. <laughs> well said. <laughs> what a man. Greg's trying to stir up trouble. <laughs> I was going to complain earlier that they called her not Ezra. <laughs> okay, Scott, Genesis 33.10. Try that one. And Jacob said, No, please, if I have found favor in your sight, then I will take my present from my hand. Then take my present from my hand. Okay. For I see your face as one sees the face of God. And he's, is he talking to Esau there? Possibly? He is. Yes. Esau. Do you see any kind of comments you might make on eyes or sight in that, in that place, in that passage? I see your face as one sees the face of God. Wow. Which is rather unique in his work. Yeah. 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 He just got done wrestling with God. 
<laughs> well, no, I mean, it may not, it may not communicate that much, but go ahead, David, Second Chronicles 16, 9. And that passage really is, you know, says that. You know. Just look for that because somewhere God loves them. Wow. Okay, good. All right. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. You have done a foolish thing, and from now on will be at war. Okay, so talk about the eyes of God there. Yeah, I love, I love to think about the... Uh, Ezra chapter 5, verses 3 through 5. At the same time, Tathna, the governor of the province beyond the river, and Shephar, Bozani, and their associates, came to them and spoke to them thus, Who gave you a decree to build this house and to finish this structure? I assume they're talking about rebuilding the temple. Yes. They also asked them this, What are the names of the men who are building this building? But the eye of their God was on the elders of the Jews, and they did not stop them until the report should reach Darius, and then an answer be returned by letter concerning. Okay. If you make so, any comment there about the eyes of God, uh, God is using the the um, the gridlock and the slow moving of the secular world <laughs> to accomplish his purpose. Like, they, so slowly, like, they can't they can't stop them from building the temple unless the letter gets back to Darius, and then it comes back again and. They gotta get all you, the signatures all in order. Meanwhile, meanwhile, they're just quietly still building the temple. Okay, I love it. Got a lot of paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's an example of how sometimes this phrase, "the eye of the Lord is on you," is, is sort of is, is speaking of anointing. God has anointed you to do this. Okay. And, and okay. You're under His protection. Okay. Under his okay. Eye. Good. All right. Angela, Joe. Chapter 34, verses 21 through 22. His eyes are on the ways of men. He sees their every step. There is no dark place, no deep shadow, where evil doers can hide. Comment then on the eyes of God. Well, I think, well, there's a psalm that says, those the wicked say in their hearts there is no God. And so I think I think a proper way to live, like if you want to live in reality, like the way things really are, is to live before the eyes of God. Like like the eyes of God, the eyes his eyes are always on you. There's no evil like yeah. So I think reality is you're always living with his eyes on in the you. presence of God. And that's, yeah, and the wicked say that there is no God, so the wicked deny his eyes, but his eyes are there, so the God would understand 
It's interesting, you know, the theme song of you know, the state of Texas is yeah. the eyes of Texas are upon you yeah. all the long day. Yeah. It should really change that the eyes of Jesus are upon you. But Texas is not God, although <laughs> Texas thinks so. They think they do. <laughs> they, they think it is. It's it is not God. But you know. we need to change that song, the eyes of Jesus are upon you all the long day. Karen, Psalm 34, 15 I, to 16. I'll read her. I'll read her. Okay, go ahead. Psalm 34. Uh, what's the verse? 15 and 16. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and His ears toward their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth. Okay, comment then. Well, you know, uh, it says the eyes are toward the righteous, um, but uh, the evil, He's going to He's going to cut off their very memory. That's wow. uh, that's pretty serious. You know? <laughs> yeah, uh, they won't be remembered in the long run. You know, in, in, in the eternal sense. In the eternal sense. Okay. 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 You, know, you think about it. If you know your people in your life, relatives, whatever, then you you fairly don't we don't know that God's a judge, but that we sort of think that they've gone to hell. Yeah. You know, you, the faster you can forget them, the better off. Because if you keep thinking about their well, memory, you know, you, 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 you can't like help yourself. them one way or another. You know, so, after they're dead. Right, Hopefully Jesus. there's good preaching at their funeral that tells you got to make a decision. you got to decide right now. I mean, I, th- I think, you know, in a sense we remember evil in this life. We, we remember Hitler, you know, we know who he is. But, but I think in the eternal scheme of things, you know, Sin is gonna. Yeah. Is, there's gonna come a day when sin is not remembered. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Jim, I think Proverbs fifteen three was that correct? No, uh, that was me. Wait, wait, okay. What did you have? I had what he read. I'm sorry. No. I'm sorry, Jim. Oh no, no. no. I will give a comment. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, please. I'm sorry. I, I have a teacher uh, that used to tell me many years ago. Of course, you know him well. He's your friend. Yeah. I always talked about. He said, "Jim, keep your eyes on the Lord. Well, talk about the eyes, uh, but God's eyes always being on us." Okay. He used to talk about if everybody had a candid camera in their home. Yeah, we'll God, see who's holy and who's not. We'll see how holy you are. <clears throat> You're right. Okay, uh, Craig. Yes, Proverbs fifteen three. The eyes of the Lord are in are in every place. Keeping watch on the evil and the good. Okay. So, I mean, it's another one, I mean, basically about the omnipresence and the omniscience of God. Um, it also speaks that he, does, he doesn't just see, he's watching. <coughs> okay. Uh, he's paying attention. Paying attention. Yes. Very good. Yes. Katie, Revelation 1, 12 through 18. 18. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking with me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the middle of the lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed in a robe, reaching to his feet, and girded across his breast with a golden girdle, and his head and his hair were white, like white wool, like snow, and his eyes were like a flame of fire. And his feet were like burnished bronze when it has been caused to glow in a furnace. And his voice was like the sound of many waters. 
and in his right hand he held seven stars. Out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as a dead man, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last, and the living one, and I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and of Hades. Wow. What am I supposed to? You're supposed to comment oh. on his eyes. <laughs> well, they are like in verse uh, in verse 14. His eyes were like a flame of fire. So how how would you say anything about that? Anything else? Well, they're burning. They burn a hole through you. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. our, our God is a consuming fire. Exactly. I began to think about when Jesus said in the end there'll be those that say we did this for you Lord we did that for you and he'll say go away from me I'll never do you wow and whenever I think of that I always think of uh, when God spoke to Abraham mm-hmm. after Abraham had you know gone to offer Isaac mm-hmm. God of course stopped him mm-hmm. and God said now I know mm-hmm. that you fear the Lord mm-hmm. your God mm-hmm. and that you would not Withhold your son, your only son, mm-hmm. from you. Yeah, wow. Okay. Jesus uh, talked about eyes in the Gospels as well. Yeah. You know, as being mm-hmm. the lamps of the, the lamp. body. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I understand it, the belief at the time was that your eyes projected light. Yes. And that's how you saw. So, you know, applying that to this, his. his Eyes of fire are illuminating in darkness. Wow! Yes. On the porch. Yeah. Good. Good. The eyes are the gateway to the soul. Also. Yeah. It's just very interesting to think about that to be able to look into the soul of Christ. Yeah, I'm not sure we can handle it. Can't look very long. I'm uh, sure. <laughs> Because what the Bible say is anybody that's seen God dies. His face, yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say, and this is right before he's about to deliver the messages to the seven churches. So it's kind of, you know. It's judgment. It's right? judgment, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And that's what I always think of. Huh. All right. See, that's one thing, because I, I loved it when I finally realized because a lot of times when we think of Jesus, we think of the Jesus in the Early in the New Testament, meek and mild. This, this is the Jesus you know, yeah. contending with right now. With whom we have to deal. Yeah, this, yeah. this is the one. This is the one who is looking exactly. down at yeah. us. Yeah. This, this is the one who, who gazes upon our every move. Yeah. You know, so, and you better be careful and start contending with us. This is the one who's coming back. Mm. Indeed. So, All right. Connor's going to come. Yes, Connor. So, jumping ahead just a little bit. Um, it's only a few chapters from now that uh, we're going to introduce Emmanuel. Right? He calls him Emmanuel. We all know what that means. Um, but when, when that prophecy is given in Isaiah, it's not a hopeful thing. It, it goes along with the judgment that's okay. coming. Right? And so Emmanuel, God arriving, is is either going to be, you know, an experience of 
joy and salvation, or it's going to be an experience of misery. And that, that's what we're seeing in these verses with the eyes of the Lord. Some of these verses are extremely hopeful. Yeah. Some of them are miserable. It's, it's, it's God. It's the day of the Lord. It's God yeah. showing up. right? And if you stand in the presence of God in the Holy of Holies, C.S. Lewis got this completely wrong. Hell is not separation from God. Hell is standing in the Holy of Holies with nothing to cover nothing you. And burning up. It is the Holy of Holies for you one way or the other. Mm-hmm. You will be in God's presence. You will be under his gaze one way or the other. Wow. Uh, it will either be the misery of Job or it will be the you know the intimacy of Song of Solomon. Well, wow. this is exactly, as you know, I'll share this with you, this is exactly what God showed me when I was in the hospital, is that, you know, what does he say to those who fear him? Fear not. And be afraid to those who do not fear him. Better fear. It is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the angry God. I mean, those are your choices. Those are your choices. <laughs> is it angry or holy? Angry, I think it's sad. All right, well, this is good. Let's go on then to verse 9. For the look on their faces bears witness against them. He's talking about the people of Judah now. They proclaim their sin like Sodom. Evidently, they're not saying that we're like Sodom. It's simply by looking at them. Isaiah can tell that they are uh, illustrating the mindset of Sodom. They do not hide it. Woe to them, for they brought evil on themselves. So now, the face reveals uh, a lot about us, and I have several references here on the face. So, Chris, we'll start over here with you. Exodus 34, 29. Sharon, Leviticus 19, 32. Pastor Nick, Psalm 34, 4 and 5. Uh... Jim, Ecclesiastes 8.1. I think you'll like that one. Craig, Jeremiah 5.3. And I have King James Version <coughs> for this day. Who has a King James? You got King James, Greg. Daniel chapter 9, 7 through 9. And let's see. Katie, Acts chapter 6, verse 15. <coughs> 615? 615. So sometimes it talks about the face of God, but I think we're talking about human face mainly here in this. So our faces reveal something about us. Uh, Chris, Exodus 34, 29. When Moses came down from the mount from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand, as he came down from the mountain, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. Uh, do you want me to read this uh, verse? If you like. Aaron and all the people of Israel saw Moses, and behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. Okay, you have, get any comment about that? Uh, I've always thought that was a really fascinating passage. Uh, you know, I, 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 I think it's it, Moses sort of took on the way Jesus is described in Revelation. In a way, wow. You know, uh, yeah. Almost like it's almost like a it's almost like Moses is affected by sort of a moment of what you see in the Gospels of the Transfiguration or something. His face, you know, yeah, or or his face in glory. Yes, uh, you know, I've just always heard it preached that 
this is just a product of being in the presence of God, you know. I don't know if there's more to it than that, but that's all I know. So Leviticus 19.32 You shall stand up before the gray head and honor the face of an old man and you shall fear your God. I am the Lord. Okay, we don't have much there but the face of an old man so could you comment on that? Um, I mean, what first comes to mind is just respecting your elders but I might be going on. Yeah. I don't know, I, I told him I won't say <laughs> and I, I'm not sure what I had in mind other than just the word face, human face there, but uh, I don't know. In a certain way, our faces reflect our character, although I'm not sure how far we can really go with that. But anyway, maybe maybe we'll have more light on that. Uh, Nick, Psalm 34, 4 and 5. 4 and 5. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. Um, my thoughts on this really are just kind of in contrast to this verse in, this verse in Isaiah 3, which says, And the look on their faces shall bear witness against them. Yes. I think this is obviously the extreme opposite. Uh, okay. So. so somehow or another, our faces reflect. I mean, I, I don't know how to really understand that, but our, our faces reflect who we are. I mean, I don't really know how to... <clears throat> Make that practical. <laughs> I will say, say this one when my brother was a pastor, you know, who I always take from this my Christian the Christian man that I knew that I admired the most in some ways. But the the, the, the funeral director told me when we when we were getting ready to bury him, told me he said he said, nine times out of ten, when a body comes in here, I know whether they do Amazing by their faces. That guy had a lot of experience. Well, it is true, and this has happened to you and happened to me too, and maybe not all the time, but it is true that sometimes you can just see a person and you say, that person's a brother or sister in Christ. I mean, you can just by their faces, by their faces, by their conduct. I can't call the scripture the candle of the Lord and sometimes shines the eyes, the eyes of the Lord the candle of the Lord maybe, maybe I, I can't recall that exactly relating to a candle yeah. to light yeah. could be yeah well, uh, I think speaking of light, I think so uh, Jim, Ecclesiastes 8 1 if you have that who is as the wise man and who knoweth the interpretation of the thing a man of wisdom like Again, how this exactly reflects itself in one's face, I'm not exactly sure, but I mean, maybe it could and maybe we can discern 
about other people. Sometimes it happens. You can discern about another. Say, wow, this this where that person's coming from, and so forth. Years past, uh, this is a gift of God. Uh, I Discernment can be for the opposite. Yes. Uh, that person, that's this problem. I know Manly Beasley used to have a group of discernment. Yes. People sin problem, which yeah. became a burden. But anyway, I won't go on. Yeah, yeah. Well, in our passage here, Isaiah basically says that the look on their faces bears witness against yes. them. Yeah. What is the What is the verse that had? The eyes of the Lord in it in Isaiah? Because I'm using ESV. In it. Uh, it is uh, chapter 8, uh, defy his glorious presence. Uh, in my in ESV. Chapter 3, verse 8. Uh, chapter 3, verse 8, yes. Okay. And better should be, really better should be the eyes of his glory. Okay, thank you. Sometimes the translators just try to help us out too much. They say glorious presence, but they leave out some of the translation. It's, I don't know what I don't really don't know what it is with translation. Okay. Group thing. I know it. You know. Group thing. Uh, okay. Uh, where Maybe are we? The translators were afraid to look into the eyes of God. <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> Who had the Daniel passage? Craig, did you? Yeah. Have that? I, uh, Gre- I, uh, yes, Greg. Yes, for King James version. Yeah, Daniel nine seven through nine. Seven through nine. Yeah. <clears> oh <throat> Lord, righteousness belongeth unto thee, but unto us confusion of faces, as at this day. To the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and unto all Israel that are near and that are far off, through all the countries whither thou hast driven, because of their trespass that they have trespassed against thee. O Lord, to us belongeth confusion of face, to our kings, to our princes, and to our fathers, because we have sinned against to the Lord our God belong mercies and forgiveness so we have rebelled against mm-hmm. so the phrase there is confusion of face uh, you have anything on that Greg no I, I caught my attention righteousness belongeth unto thee wow. is Jesus wow. our righteousness yeah and at the end, the word mercies comes up. And earlier we spoke of contrasting grace and mercy. Uh, and nothing else jumps out at me, I don't think. Anybody on confusion of faith? So we're walking away from God then. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to be in confusion. Yeah. In confusion, yeah. Okay. In the face. In your face. Yeah. In your eyes and in your face. Yeah. You know, so uh, that's why that's why they don't want you to turn your back on the audience. So, <laughs> so that's why they light them up. They light the faces up. So that so people can see what they're what's feeling, going on. What's going on in their life. Wow. Okay. All right, one more. Katie Acts six, six fifteen. I skipped Craig. Did I? Craig, I sorry. Oh, five, three. Oh, sorry, Craig. Go ahead. <laughs> o Lord, are not your eyes on the truth? You have stricken them, but they have not grieved. You have consumed them, but they have refused to receive correction. They have made their faces harder than rock. <coughs> they have refused to return. Wow. So we have the eyes of the Lord and the face of the of people there in the same verse. Yeah. I would just equate this with the heart of stone. Yeah. And uh, you know, the, the, the heart and face. Yeah. 
yeah. is, is a very similar thing. Something only God God can change. Somehow it reflects itself. Isn't there a, like a proverb uh, about the Lord hates a haughty face or something like? I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> it boils down. To Things yeah, proud look is one of them. Yeah, that's right. I think it is. Yeah, Katie, um, Acts 6.15, sorry. Acts 6.15. Oh, yeah. This is about Satan. Yeah. Okay. Stephen, uh, one of my favorite people in the Bible. And he's... Um, and this is what they say about him. And fixing their gaze on him, all who were sitting in the council saw his face like the face of an angel. Wow. You have anything on that? They just had. I mean, it is what it is. They, they could tell that he was. And these, these were the false witness. I mean, people were putting false witnesses to say, you know, that he, I guess, blasphemed God. Or, you know, and yet they could see it. You know, he was. He. They could see he was innocent, but they still. Yeah, yeah. They still yeah, kill yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. That's well, true. It goes back to what somebody said earlier about uh, reflecting the image of Christ. As he mm-hmm. goes on to to uh, quote Christ as right. they are stoning him, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, bringing yeah. down right. forgiveness on them. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for uh, hanging in there with me on all that long uh, list of verses, Chris. Uh, I don't. Sorry, I don't mean. No, it's okay. Drag this on, but um, <laughs> did you did anybody read from Deuteronomy? Maybe. Uh, yeah, there was okay, so you know the uh, the uh, uh, no, I don't think we did. Go well, ahead. The, you know the, the it was a big deal to have to have that the priestly blessing is for for God's face to be on you. Okay, that's you know? right. wow, yeah, that's right, that's right. Uh, you know, make it, the Lord bless you, keep you, make His face shine, shine upon, upon you, and be gracious to you. So that, that's yeah. the priestly blessing. Very good. All right. Let's go to verse 10. Tell the righteous that it shall be well with them and they shall eat the fruit of their deeds. Woe to the wicked, it shall be ill with him for what his hands have dealt out shall be done to him. The moral law of the universe. Although we could talk about that more, I think maybe not. We talked about that before. Verse 12, my people, infants are their oppressors. Again, the, the government, government is, is, is being not good now. Uh, infants are their oppressors and women rule over them. Oh, my people, your guides mislead you and they have swallowed up the course of your paths. Verse 13, a court setting now. The Lord has taken his place to contend. He stands to judge the people. The Lord will enter into judgment with the elders and princes of his people. It is you who have devoured the vineyard. The spoil of the poor is in your houses. What do you mean by crushing my people, by grinding the face of the poor, declares the Lord God. Uh, it is Verse 14, it is you who have devoured the vineyard. The vineyard is used so much in Scripture, both in the Old Testament and the New. Uh, it could be uh, a place of uh, physical prosperity. Uh, well, we've been, business is doing good. The vineyard's pro- productive, great. It could be, and usually is, uh, a lot of times it's Israel who needs to be producing uh, a return for God. Uh, the worker shall have their 200 and Solomon shall have a 1,000 from the produce of the vineyard. So uh, the vineyard also represents uh, 
the, and indeed God's people in the New Testament then we would be God's field God's vineyard and God jolly well expects some return <laughs> so uh, the church is producing that's good but here uh, Israel is destroying their own vineyards uh, through just rebelling against God really Verse 16, the Lord said, because the daughters of Zion are haughty and walk without strength. Now, he's predicting now destruction, okay? Uh, because the daughters of Zion are haughty and walk with outstretched necks, glancing wantonly with their eyes, uh, mincing along as they go, tinkling with their feet. Therefore, the Lord will strike with a scab the heads of the daughters of Zion, and the Lord will lay bare their secret parts. In that day, the Lord will take away the finery of the anklets, the headbands, the crescents, the pendants, the bracelets, the scarves, the headdresses, the armlets, the sashes, the perfume boxes, the amulets, the signet rings, and nose rings, the festal robes, the mantles, the cloaks, and the handbags, the mirrors, the linen garments, the turbans, and the veils. Instead of perfume, there will be rottenness. Instead of a belt, a rope. Instead of well-set hair, baldness. Instead of a rich robe, a skirt, of sackcloth. And brand, branding instead of beauty. Your men shall fall by the sword, and your mighty men in battle. And her gates shall lament and mourn empty. She shall sit on the ground. In other words, all the prosperity that Judah is enjoying now, it's like this anywhere. I mean, well, hey, I mean, people like to look nice, but maybe... We, you know, we, maybe we carry it to, maybe to an extreme. I mean, we can go overboard with this. And so all of this stuff, I mean, all of this looking good and all that, it's going to be over when Babylon comes in. I mean, when Babylon comes in, uh, like Jeremiah said, please, you need to go out and surrender, man. You need to give up because if you don't, you're dead. You are dead. And uh, this is it. So this is a prediction of coming Babylonian attack and then captivity. Yes. Calamity. It's calamity. It is calamity. It's like they're focused more on the outside. Really? Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. Well, and and Jeremiah's uh, message was not just strategic, it was God is for Babylon. Yes. Yes, Babylon's got to win. <laughs> God is, was for Babylon yeah. at that moment. Yes. And, you know, to, to complete his judgment. That, indeed. Babylon had come to the church. We're in big trouble. Yeah, he's, he's, All right, we've got. Churches, fortunately, the church is in somewhat different position. <laughs> we've got five or six minutes left. I think we chapter 4 is short let's go ahead I just have one thing or two maybe here in chapter 4 uh, chapter 4 verse 1 is it really should go with chapter 3 it just continues this judgment and seven women shall take hold of one man in that day saying we will eat our own bread and wear our own clothes only let us be called by your name take away our reproach well, it's a social disaster verse 2 now as the prophets do we have a lot of disaster but then there's always a hope, right? So disaster, but now hope. And she, a lot of times it's a messianic hope. A lot of times it's an eschatological hope. We could say messianic hope is eschatological hope. 
i.e. eschatology means we're living in the last days, right? So as Christ comes and is crucified and then is resurrected, the Apostle Peter says we are living in the last days. This is it. I mean, so are we living in the last days? Yes. Since the birth of Jesus, we have. Since the death and resurrection of Jesus, we have been. Yes, this is true. Uh, chapter 4, verse 2. In that day the branch of the Lord shall be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the land shall be the pride and honor of the survivors of Israel. And he who is left in Zion and remains in Jerusalem will be called holy. This is future hope now. Everyone who has been recorded for life in Jerusalem, when the Lord shall have washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and cleansed the bloodstains of Jerusalem from its midst by a spirit of judgment, and by a spirit of burning. Then the Lord will create over the whole site of Mount Zion and over her assemblies a cloud by day. See, this is hearkening back to the Exodus now. A cloud by day and smoke and the shining of a flaming fire by night. In other words, God's presence is going to be with his people as in God's presence was with his people in the desert wanderings and so forth. Cloud by day, fire by night. Yes. Yes. For over all the glory there will be a canopy. Hmm. There will be a booth for shade by day from the heat and for a refuge and shelter from the storm and rain. It's an end time messianic hope. I simply wanted to comment on verse 2. In that day the branch of the Lord shall be beautiful and glorious. Several times in scripture the coming Messiah is referred to as the branch. In chapter 11 Isaiah says, My servant the branch. It's referring to Christ. Branch in this sense then means a descendant. In other words, we have families and then the families branch out, right? They reproduce and then those children reproduce and we have grandchildren, great-grandchildren and so so on it goes, right? So that family line is branching out, as it were. In this case, this branch, and many times it's several times in the Old Testament is the coming Messiah it's not a problem but it could be a problem Uh, the problem here is that the branch in 4 verse 2 is a different Hebrew word than the branch in Isaiah 11 1 but the commentators that I read in Hebrew dictionary and stuff I mean it's branch and it's it's used uh, as, a, as a name sometimes for the Messiah. Okay? One other thing, and then we'll go. If we'll skip over to chapter, Hebrew, uh, chapter 11 of Isaiah, verse 1. Same thing. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse. Now he's talking about physical descent now. He's talking about a family. It's the family of Jesse, i.e. David. A shoot's going to come out of that family. And a branch from those roots of Jesse shall bear fruit. And again, it's, it's the branch. This is Christ. This word, branch, is a different Hebrew word, but this word is the Hebrew word, netzer. Let's everybody say that. Netzer. It means branch. <laughs> You're learning Hebrew. Okay. <clears throat> this I believe, and also some commentators also agree, it's where we get the phrase in Matthew 
2.23 that as the scripture says, he will be called a Nazarene. Uh-huh. But we will look in vain in the Old Testament mm-hmm. to find that phrase because it's not in there. It is here, though, in Isaiah 11.1. 1. It's a play on words. Netzer means branch. It, it, I looked this up in my, my New Testament translation of the Hebrew Bible, and they use the same word for, in Matthew. And they use that same netzer. Okay, I mean, that, I'm just arguing that that's where Matthew gets it. Okay, from that word. Okay. So netzer is used in Matthew. Uh, well, Matthew was written in. Well, some people say Matthew was written in Hebrew, but uh, all we have is Greek. So I mean, you you, you wouldn't know that, you know, just from the uh, manuscripts that we have. Uh, it's Greek, right? So, so it's is Hebrew. That's the word for right. branch. Yes, Netzer. But the word in in the Greek, Matthew's Greek is not Nazarene. Oh, it is Nazarene. Okay. But I'm just saying it's a play on words. Yeah. How do you spell Netzer? In the in the N-E-Z-E-R, or N E T S E R. In the Septuagint, they uh, translated that word as Orient, and I'm not sure which one. If it was both words in Isaiah. Orient. You mean like yeah. the East? Yes. Oh man. <laughs> so I, I I I gather that it's a hard word to translate. Could be. I I, I, I would be out of it on that, on that discussion. Thank you for your attention. I hope you gained something. I, I gained something. So uh, uh, we have uh, we have one more week. I'll I'll do uh, Isaiah five. Then the following week, Connor is going to begin with Isaiah six, and he's going to do six, seven, and eight. And one of those weeks, I'll be in Honduras. So. <laughs>